You're listening to Simperance Radio, episode number 216, and today we dive into every single hormonal question you could ever think of. Okay, maybe it's not that much, but we're talking about vaginal dryness, sexual intimacy, menopause, weight gain, should you be taking the pill, and so much more. It's inside today's episode. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. And really, it's a place of just coming home to yourself to learn about your body so that you can trust your body and provide what it needs. And that changes everything. Yes, that's what I'm here for, to help you learn what fills you up as opposed to just trying to fix your problems, which really is a never-ending vicious cycle. We'll talk more about that later on, but for now, I want to fill you in on today's episode because it's a good one. I have compiled multiple different questions I've gotten in the last six months all about hormones. Whether it's, is menopause really as bad as it sounds? What about weight gain during menopause and after being on the pill? Should you be taking the pill? Vaginal dryness, low libido, why is your hair falling out, and so much more. So today on the show, I asked Dr. Annika Becca to come on and fill us in on what the true answer behind these hormonal questions is and how do we fix it? How do we make this better so that we no longer struggle with these painful hormonal symptoms? Dr. Annika Becca is a triple board certified OBGYN. I mean, she knows her stuff as it relates to women's hormones. She has worked with thousands of women one-on-one to help them understand and improve their health and manage their hormones. Dr. Kabeka is author of two best-selling books, The Hormone Fix, and the lifestyle program for menopausal women called Keto Green 16, which is a comprehensive nutritional plan to stay healthy and slim at any age. I am honored to have Dr. Anna Kabeka on as we dive into your most pressing hormone questions. And I have even opened up my scope about ketosis. Now, I only say that because, as you know, I'm kind of against the whole thought process behind ketosis, and while I still linger over the fact that the majority of the people still need carbohydrates in some form, I challenge Dr. Anna Kabeca in the show, and she informs me about two different forms. There's clean ketones and there's dirty ketones, and the majority of the people are trying to get dirty ketones. Now, with that being said, she also still recommends a diet of good quality vegetables and small amounts of fruit. So we're definitely on the same page. It's just using a very trendy term. Anyways, you're going to learn more about that in the show, but I'm always willing and open to explore new topics and new thought processes, which makes me believe that it's not so much the diet itself that trips people up, right? It's not so much the diet itself that is preventing people from truly reaching lasting health. What I fully believe is there's something so much more going on and yet it's such an easy and simple fix. I fully believe that it's our belief system that is preventing us from truly believing in ourselves and trusting in ourselves in order to make the changes that our body really does need to live, which means the only way health changes can work is if you believe them for yourself and you know that's what your body needs. Because if it's not what your body needs, even good things can become bad things in your body. Remember, it's not so much about what you do to your body, but what your body does with it. And we have to learn what your body does with it so we can understand, is this right for me or is it not? That's what I teach inside my Health Made Simple course, which by the way, is now open. 
Yes, Health Made Simple is happening again this summer. And honestly, I really had no intention of doing it again this summer, but I feel like I developed such a passion and I created a message that I feel like I would be doing a disservice not to share with you. This is not just simply another diet trend, but it is a means for understanding how your body works. We definitely go into the metabolism, the hormonal system, the immune system, the nervous system, really the zoomed out approach on how the body actually functions so that you know how to provide for it. But even more, we break down your belief system and your thought patterns which drives your behavior, creating the action, and really gets the root of why it is that we're here and how do we move forward in a life of health. It is life-changing, I promise you that. Uh, And I wanted to share a testimony that I thought was so good that someone shared with me, and I'm blown away by what I'm hearing about Health Made Simple, which, by the way, you can sign up at simpleritswellness.com backslash healthmadesimple, which is all one word. But that testimony comes from Vicki, and she says, I have totally enjoyed and learned so much from the Health Made Simple class. For years, I have been researching and learning about health, but Alexa has definitely brought new and exciting information to each class, concepts I likely would have overlooked in the past, but I now know of their significance in the health of my body. Every class, I'm taking lots of notes so I can go back and reread as I needed. I love that I can also go back and watch the class again. I am amazed at the knowledge that Alexa has about any subject address, and I would highly recommend the class to anyone that seeks to improve their health or struggles with health issues. You will not regret it, and I cannot believe I almost didn't sign up for this class. You will love it. Man, I am just blown away. Like I said, I would love to have you be a part of this class. It is taught live by me, and you also get interactive emails with me personally to help you work on creating healthy rhythms that can be used and practiced for life. Again, you can find all that information at simpleritswellness.com backslash health made simple. Okay, that was the longest intro ever. I do apologize, but so much to say. Now let's get right to the show. Welcome Dr. Anna Kabeca to the show to talk about a subject I get an enormous amount of questions about. So I'm so thrilled to have an expert on to answer those questions for us. So thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so today we're gonna talk about all things hormone, including menopause, which is actually a subject I haven't dove very deeply in and a subject that I have never had an expert come on to talk about, but also sexual health, leaky bladder, and more. So I just want to quickly break down what is your brief description of hormones and why it takes more than just your hormones to fix your hormones. Yes. I always say that it takes more than hormones to fix your hormones and kind of frustrating actually, because as a gynecologist and obstetrician, I have spent so many years, right? Studying hormones and really getting into it. And so it does, it takes lifestyle. It takes how we nourish our body. And that's not just with food, but with thoughts, emotions, relationships, and all these ways. That's what we need to really get into Uh, check to get optimized, to get healthy in order to honestly balance our hormones and fix our hormones. And a hormone is a chemical messenger. It's a chemical energetic messenger. I mean, really hormones are energy molecules that run through our body that communicate and interact much like a, much like a community does, right? Mm -hmm. And so they can be unruly or they can be, you know, ship shape and, and communicating really well and healthy. And that makes a difference to how our body feels. So 
when it really, when it comes to hormones too, because we say, well, we'll test our hormones or doctors won't test my hormones. And I would just always say that there are many ways we can look at hormones to get an overall picture. And we really need to look at blood, saliva, urine, and look at hormones in different ways. But because they are energetic molecules and they interact and fluctuate on a regular basis, you know, we don't have an ideal way to test them yet. Getting close, but Mm -hmm. not ideally. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the description of the energetic molecule. Mm -hmm. I'm actually about to enter an energy series this summer. And it's a really fascinating topic because I think Um, when we just look at the scope of health, we can think about all of these things that we should be doing. But the real question is like, what's it doing inside of our bodies, right? Like, or what's it doing inside of our specific bodies? So can you just go into more of like the energy of these molecules and what is maybe helping them and hurting them? Yeah. And specifically as a, you know, for, for women's health, for both women and men, I mean, we have essentially the same hormones, just different proportions. So when we think of our reproductive hormones, we think of our hormone progesterone and estrogen and testosterone, as well as DHEA and adrenal hormones secreted on glands that sit above the kidneys. And these are DHEA, cortisol. And so there we have these hormones. We also we have over hundreds of hormones in our bodies, but these are the key reproductive hormones and also key master hormones. And this is what I write about in my first book, The Hormone Fix, is that our regulating hormones are insulin and cortisol, and our overarching hormone that is our master hormone of life, and that is oxytocin. Mm. And these are the three major master hormones of the rest of our hormones in our body. And as we're stressed, like in this time of increased stress and maybe fear or fearfulness or uncertainty, we can secrete a lot more cortisol. And cortisol is one of those robber hormones. It's definitely needed. It does some really great things, but too much, too long. It robs us of healthy levels of progesterone and DHEA, which are hormones that, and that also because DHEA is needed to make estrogen and testosterone, we lose some of those reproductive hormones too. And we can really experience a lot of hormone imbalance during this time, both men and women. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I guess I have never put it together that oxytocin is the master hormone Mm -hmm. and it's, it's an antagonist to, or it's opposite of um, cortisol, correct? Yeah. So when cortisol goes up, typically oxytocin goes down. And when cortisol is up for a long time, this is what, I mean, this is a real phenomenon. Uh, Our paraventricular nucleus area in the brain will suppress cortisol production from the adrenal glands. Mm -hmm. And so now you're getting to this really dangerous state where cortisol is down and oxytocin is down at the same time. So what that feels like, it feels like burnout. It feels like I used Mm -hmm. to love my work, but I no longer want to go in. Mm -hmm. I used to love going outside and playing tennis, but I no longer want to do that. I, I I know I love my mate, but I don't feel love for them. Mm. Isolation, Mm. depression, all of that can be from this physiologic imbalance. Right. And I mean, we're kind of living in that season. We are. Man, it's tough because I, I mean, oxytocin is kind of known as this connection hormone and it shows how humans just need connection. Mm -hmm. How are some other ways 
that we can raise our oxytocin outside of connection or is it strictly connection? Well, no, it goes beyond that. So with oxytocin, this is the hormone, as you said, of love and bonding and connection. And it is our joy and peace hormone. I always call it the peace, love and granola hormone. You know I mean? It's that Mm -hmm. just feel good hormone, that feeling of pleasure, the feeling of joy. And so that is the hormone predominantly secreted during labor and delivery when we're having uterine contractions, that's oxytocin that creates this environment when this baby comes out. (laughs) We number one, forget the pain. Oxytocin can be analgesic. And Mm. we are so attached to this baby. Like you can never explain what it feels like in reality. Mm -hmm. And this is because we're bathed in oxytocin. And pitocin, which women are sometimes given intravenously in labor, is oxytocin. So it can be administered you know, exogenously as well. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. also is increased when we laugh. So watching a funny movie, Mm -hmm. being with friends and good company that makes you laugh, doing things you enjoy, like being out in nature, watching a sunset, you know, um, massage and certainly intimacy, sexual intimacy, orgasm, huge amounts of oxytocin. Mm, and playing yeah. with pets, we know that longevity is increased in elder adults in nursing homes when they have mm-hmm. a pet and that mm-hmm. pets are unconditionally loving, right? And that increases mm-hmm. oxytocin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just this fixation away from fear, more into the love route mm-hmm. of how our body responds. Okay, this is so fascinating, but I have a ton of questions that I want to ask you. And these are readers' questions that I get over and over and over again. So the first one has to do with menopause. Like I said, menopause is not something I've talked greatly about on here or really had any experts come in, but every woman is going to go through menopause. So it's a big deal. I think there's a lot of fear around menopause and women get scared of it. They um, kind of fear what's about to come. There's a lot of notion that you're going to gain weight and you're going to lose your libido, all of those things. What, What is true about menopause and what does women need to know going through it? Yeah. And menopause does not need to be scary. And I love to reset this point because, or reframe this point, because we think about puberty, a time of great hormonal transition. We mm. wouldn't do anything to stop that or call that a disease process or anything like that. Right. And neither is menopause. And I think that, first of all, it's not a pause at all. <laughs> it's yeah. a transition. It's terrible terminology. I was actually on the phone call doing a podcast with Dr. Christiane Northrop, author of Women's Body. Women's wisdom. And we were talking about this terminology, you know, and we would reframe it. I like how the Japanese refer to menopause. They called konenki, which means, I hope I pronounced that correctly, but it means second spring. Second spring, Mm -hmm. it's a transition to that is designed for us to be even higher at a higher um, spiritual level, a higher level of wisdom and clarity and, um, and a purpose and passion. Like we don't, you know, there is no end to us, right? Our, Mm -hmm. our spiritual energy within us, our body's energy within us is still vibrant and energetic and on cue. And we need our body to stay on par with that. And so if we don't understand the hormonal imbalances that can result from stress, toxins, you know, poor nutrition, um, excess carbohydrates, all of these th- inflammatory foods and inflammatory lifestyles. I mean, those are things that work against us. When we're able to kind of clear out the fog and smog and, 
and confusion of this time period, it's really a beautiful thing. And I've worked now with thousands and thousands of women in the transition and and beyond who are more empowered now, living more passionately now, actually checking off bucket list, list items that they've had on their list for decades and are just thriving and feeling so good, reversing those diseases of aging, you know, pain-free, brain clear, libido on, all of these good things that are happening when we transition in a healthy way. And and I speak from personal experience. Here I am, a trained gynecologist and obstetrician, trained at one of the best universities in our country at Emory University. And my doctor's bag was empty when I was faced with an early menopause at age 39 and a diagnosis Mm. of infertility. And my doctor's bag was empty. And that took me on a journey around the world looking for answers to heal our physiology and actually reverse menopause, became pregnant and delivered a baby at 41. And, um, and, and that's why I teach what I do because we can't, um, allow a diet, you know, diagnoses to determine our fate. We have to always get to the root cause of what's going on. And menopause is no different. If, you know, being told, well, this is menopause, you have to have brain fog and hot flashes and no libido and vaginal dryness. And this is just something you're going to have to deal with. That's unacceptable. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So what are a few things or tips that you could give a woman who's about to enter menopause or going through menopause to really transition this time and make it a season that's not fearful, but just a few things that they can do? Yeah. One is to nourish her body, to really get alkaline, to focus on alkalizing green microgreens, herbs, and lifestyle practices that really put your body into a state of managed cortisol and a state of peace, really, and and really mastering oxytocin. First and foremost, do things you love, think loving thoughts, have loving relationships, and, you know, do loving oxytocin boosting practices, like things you enjoy with people you enjoy them with. And that shifts and that's an alkalinizing approach. And then also number two, get into ketosis. Our Mm. brain in the perimenopause relies on estrogen for glucose utilization. And as our estrogen levels decline, and they do in all of us, we are kind of like our brain kind of suffocates a little bit, so to speak. And so shifting to ketones, which is not estrogen or hormone dependent, gives us this brain power, this energy, this clarity, this lift, essentially. And I call it energized enlightenment, really. And that makes a difference. So all of a sudden, and also improves, getting into ketosis improves insulin sensitivity, And that is key for healthy aging, to have low insulin levels, to have a low hemoglobin A1C improves our longevity. And it also will help us eliminate hot flashes because one of the number one reasons for continuous hot flashes other than estrogen deficiency is insulin resistance. And most people don't realize that. But with simple lifestyle tweaks, we can shift that and become really insulin sensitive. And it doesn't matter even if we've been given a diagnosis with diabetes, we can make these shifts happen. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. So for me, this combination of getting alkaline and getting into ketosis is what I call my keto green way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll um, link all of your resources in the show notes for people to have this information. 
The next question is, my hair is falling out. What should I do? Oh, I've been there. I've been there. I was early 40s. I had hair loss back to the crown, like this male pattern, mm-hmm. yeah. balding at my temples. And I had been really struggling hormonally and with everything that was going on in my life. And and it was, it was stress. So I always tell clients, certainly when there is hair loss, we need to figure out a few things. Toxic exposure, thyroid hormone balance, you know, B vitamin or any vitamin insufficiencies and manage stress. Because when we are stressed, there's an enzyme called 5-alpha reductase, which um, cortisol stimulates. And that creates the conversion of testosterone to a very active testosterone called dihydrotestosterone, very potent male testosterone. So we can experience hair loss because of stress. We need to manage our stress and also that enzyme zinc mm-hmm. about 60 milligrams of zinc a day. And then that can make a really big difference in, in how we feel, but optimize our thyroid function with thyroid supporting nutrients like selenium, zinc, iodine, and also B vitamins such as, you know, and other multivitamins. So you want a complex B vitamin in its bioavailable forms, plus biotin and other minerals to support. And then we also have to look at toxins. What are you using as shampoo? Hormone disruptors. We don't even think about it, right? What we're spraying on our hair, using right. in our hair, on our head, on our skin, are our, our hormone disruptors. Mm-hmm. So that can all affect the quality of hair we do have. Yeah. 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 And I feel like minerals is just a huge thing over and over in the hormonal space. I mean, it's got to fix more than just hair loss. Generally, that's not just showing as the only symptom, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say to have healthy skin, healthy hair, you need healthy gut. You have Mm. to have a healthy gut. And if we don't have good absorption from the food, you know, good absorption of the nutrients we're ingesting, then we're you know, it's, it's breakdown. We're in breakdown in a catabolic state versus an anabolic state, bringing us up to be stronger and healthier and happier. Yeah. Yeah. So the next question is, is birth control pill really bad for me? (laughs) (laughs) Open that can of worms. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, you know, this is a very complex subject for sure. Now, I think that there are times in life where birth control might be a good choice for someone, but again, for the shortest time necessary. There are other means of non-hormonal birth control that can be better, that, is, that are absolutely better. And birth control, because it is a synthetic progestin, it also sucks, you know, it also um, causes some nutrient insufficiency such as magnesium and certain B vitamins and minerals and as well as manganese and zinc, it can really affect those um, uh, mineral absorptions and our body needs additional support when Mm -hmm. we're on a birth control pill. But we can also understand that there is a post-birth control um, pill syndrome and, and there's some great, there's some really great resources for that. And for this discussion, Dr. Jolene Brighton's book, Beyond the Pill, addresses mm-hmm. this really, really well. And so I would say that if we don't, you know, it's certainly not, a, the perimenopausal time frame is certainly not a reason to be on the birth control pill. I mean, I've had mm-hmm. patients come to me who had tubal ligations or their husbands had vasectomies and they were put on birth control pills to manage their symptoms. And that's, 
that is just incorrect. We need to get to the underlying reasons why they're having their symptoms and address those, not just mask them with a, with a birth control pill. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think we do know that while the birth control, women who are on birth control pills at least seven years have a decreased risk of ovarian cancer, what much of the research shows that it can affect our, our cardiovascular system as well as increase our risk for breast cancer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a big, I mean, there's a lot of side effects that come with it. And one of the ones I hear over and over is I went on the pill and I gained weight and now I'm off of it and I can't lose the weight. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a synthetic. What do we do about that? Well, definitely. Like I, you know, I would just, um, first of all, we have to detox from the pill. We really do have to detox from the pill. And how do we do that? We support our liver and our adrenal glands and, and, and do, you know, you know, have a number of programs, but definitely in Keto Green 16, a 16 day plan, we can really detox our body very, very well by doing this. But detoxification support becomes real, you know, truly beneficial during this time because our hormones are metabolized in our liver. And so we're putting extra strain, we're putting pregnancy level hormone doses in with the pill and also a synthetic progestin that does not work like our body's own natural progestin. And we know that it can have negative consequences in our body. So post-pill recommending multivitamin minerals, of course, as well as a healthy nutritional detox program. That's really good information. And I think it, again, it just gives people or women empowerment, Mm -hmm. which I feel like in a level, a lot of this just takes away their power in some sense of like, now I did this. I thought I was helping. And I think everyone wants to help their hormones, but sometimes on the other side, you leave feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and at a loss. Um, And so just giving people hope that we can get through this, it does take time. Is there any cases when, when, when we get maybe even like endometriosis or PCOS where it, it almost becomes impossible to lose weight? Or have you always found like there is always hope on the other side of that? There is always hope on the other side. Absolutely. Yes. Without a doubt. In my first book that published last year, The Hormone Fix, you know, that has a 10-day detox and a 21-day uh, plan also that are really designed to detox our and support our natural hormone production. Because often what also happens with the birth control pill, it affects our gut micro, microbiome. So we have to restore that. Mm. And, you know, taking probiotic, doing intermittent fasting, following, again, the keto green way, just these things can improve our gut health and help with hormone balance. But it's never, you know, we're never at a loss. We always can improve. And I think that's what's really beautiful to see. Um, it The shifts that can happen, doesn't matter how old we are. You know, I have clients in their yeah. 70s that were stuck for decades and are, mm-hmm. are doing better. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes the difference is really understanding and it's that discernment, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Something is different about my plans. And the way I approach it is each of us is, is different, right? We are each different. We are each unique. And it's never just about the food that we eat, right? Yeah. We have to figure out the other things that are working for us and working against us. I would say it's like, you know, doing your Nancy Drew detective work. Yeah. And, on your health. And, and there are many little clues that our body gives us. And that's where trusting our intuition, trusting that little voice inside us and starting to make, um, 
you know, discern, discerning choices with what's healthy for us with Mm -hmm. what's not. And I always love it when a woman and our man comes to me and says, you know what, I've been, you know, dealing with, I've been given this diagnosis, I've been told I've been infertile, and, you know, I, I need a hysterectomy, and I just don't feel like that's the right choice for me. I said, well, trust your gut. Let's see Mm -hmm. what we can do. And, and that's the whole thing. Trust your gut. Let's see what we can do. Don't lose hope. There's always the next right Mm -hmm. step we can take and, and let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like just staying on the weight category, you know, uh, again, another question is I feel like as I get older, I get more and more weight or I, you know, I gain more and more weight is is this a a normal aspect of living at some healthy level? We should actually gain a little bit of weight or, or that's a really good question. Why do we gain weight during Mm -hmm. this time? It's really to prepare us for more periods of famine and fasting as we get older. Mm -hmm. And so like just through this menopause and andropause time period, just when our hormones are shifting, there are 13 weight control hormones. I write about these in my new book, Keto Green 16, but the 13 really weight control hormones. So understanding again, sometimes we've un, un, um, inadvertently have sabotaged our own hormones, our own hormonal balance by doing things like snacking, for instance, mm-hmm. <laughs> which right. could work in our 30s or in our 20s, but it doesn't work in our 40s and our 50s. It just doesn't. It's going to contribute to insulin resistance and leptin resistance, and that's going to make us hungrier and fatter. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the truth. So we have to change our patterns. And so why do our hormones shift in this way? Why is our biological clock, you know, why does it shift in this way as we're out of the reproductive years? I'm not 100% sure, but I know that traditionally those of us post-menopause, you know, we feed the rest of the tribe and then we eat, mm-hmm. right? And we will toil away for long hours, go on, uh, you know, be this wise person, this, you know, And we get into the state of wisdom even more so when we're fasting, and that's a state of ketosis. Mm -hmm. And so our body is really designed to do more fasting and to thrive on more fasting when we're older. I, at 48, I was doing everything right and, you know, had nothing had changed. And all of a sudden I would gain basically 20 pounds overnight. So Alexa, my patients would come in in the perimenopause and say, Dr. Anna, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds Mm -hmm. and I haven't done anything different. And I think to myself, like, that's likely, how can that be? Right. Yeah. Right. And then it happened to me. So God made me humble. I did all the work. Believe me, I took them seriously to a degree, but I was skeptical, but it happened to me. I was doing, I changed nothing and I gained basically 20 pounds overnight. Now I've been well over 240 pounds and kept 80 pounds off for over a decade Mm -hmm. and seeing that weight climb on without doing anything different. It's an Mm -hmm. absolute true phenomena. Mm -hmm. And there again, 13 weight control hormones that are in a shift, even though my uh, reproductive hormones were dialed in, right? I'm a hormone specialist. Yeah. Estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, right. DHEA, dialed in and optimized. Thyroid hormones, optimal. Mm-hmm. All of that was shifting. So there's another, you know, this is part of your biologic clock that we have mm-hmm. that is um, in transition during this time. So there's a shift, there's a decline in adiponectin, which puts us into a more of a metabolic stall. Mm-hmm. And so we have to shift it out. And so how do we do that? Intermittent fasting, getting into ketosis, and um, 
you know, adding the right nourishments, doing the right practices so mm-hmm. that we can increase um, our natural levels of, of hormones, such as even testosterone, our anabolic hormones, DHEA, testosterone, adiponectin. And we do that by eliminating a lot of carbs mm-hmm. for sure. So I want to talk about fasting and then ketosis a little bit here quickly, even though I have more questions to ask, but when you're looking at fasting, are you doing or finding more value in intermittent fasting, which would be more of like the everyday thing or long, longer fasts, like 24, 36, three day, five day fast. We need to switch it up in keto Mm. green 16. I get everyone to do 16 hour Mm. intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and we can all do it. And then doing some extended fasting. So there's an optional three day water fast at the end of the 16 days, but it is really good. Like there's time for fasting and feasting. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So we have to have the feasting too, the periodic carb load, a healthy carb load, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when we look at the woman's body, women who are still menstruating is fasting as equally as good, or is there a certain time or phase in the cycle in which fasting is better? Like what does it take as we, you know, for the younger females who aren't close to perimenopause yet or in menopause, what does fasting look like for them? Well, definitely like not to do it the week before, or even the few days of the period yeah. men- mency starting, I would wait to like the, you know, like, day three or day seven of your cycle and then do a fasting because mm. you're going to be more, you have, your hormones are more stable during that time. And that is just in general, a better time to fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So ketosis, there's a lot of mixed research on all sides, which always is the case in nutrition, I feel like, but so ketosis, are you doing cyclical ketosis or are you doing full ketosis? What does that look like? Or is it really dependent on person to person? Well, I think that I would say we have to do for each of us what works best for us Mm -hmm. at the time that we're in. And it can change, right? I'm constantly evolving, changing and learning. And so like for me, I say 10% fasting, 80% keto green, 10% feasting. Like that's Mm -hmm. kind of my mottos. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's sometimes, you know, it fluctuates on either end of that. But um, but the kind of like, what's a lifestyle that works well for me and what helps and helps me stay clear and on target and, and functioning well, functioning at my optimum and understanding that there are times for fasting and there's time for feasting. Now for keto, when we talk about keto, there are many ways to do keto. There's mm-hmm. keto dirty, which we would attribute to like bacon and butter and processed yeah, yeah. food and hot dogs and Velveeta. You can I love how you called keto. it keto dirty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, there's keto clean, which are really thinking about the foods that we eat, what mm-hmm. we eat, ate, and where it's coming from, how it lived and how it died, as well as, um, so I would say keto clean is keto green, the plant micronutrients that can benefit our body and especially the fiber to keep us regular, especially, you know, constipation is such a hormone disruptor. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients that said, no, I've been constipated for like 30 years and, and we can get them having bowel movements daily within a couple of weeks. And it just really, you know, to really start to get those those daily bowel movements, my gosh, how much better people would say they feel when that happens to them. And it could be from a food sensitivity. It could be from not enough fiber in their diet, but whatever it is, it is destructive to our, um, our body. And this just, I want to make this point because one of my 
questions in my hormone toxicity quiz is, are you, are you constipated? And some of my clients would say, no, I, you know, like their answer on the check sheet would be no. And I'd say, well, then how many bowel movements do you have a day? And they're like, I don't have, I maybe have one a week. Yeah. I'm like, well, that, if you're not having a bowel movement a day, you're constipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, when you talk about keto clean and keto green, obviously you're mixing in a lot of fresh produce as well. Yes. Yeah. So what does a typical day for you look like? So um, typically for me, like I will break, like typically I'm on a 16 hour, 15 to 16 hour intermittent mm-hmm. fast. Some Sundays I do a long, I do one meal a day on Sundays and, or it's a fasting day. And then otherwise I'm doing 16 hour intermittent fast. So I break fast typically around 10 or 11 AM and I'll have, for example, a bit of, um, what will I have? Typically on a bed of greens, maybe a fried egg with um, some broccoli sprouts, mm-hmm. some olive oil and lemon juice, and whatever, what other vegetables. I may have some celery in there and um, and maybe I'll add in some smoked salmon. So it it is about uh, 20% of the plate. If you think 20 to 25% of the plate is your protein, about 5 to 10% is in concentrated your fat. So that's your olive oil mm-hmm. and your, because, you know, our fats have a lot more uh, energy density than, than anything, than our greens. And then our carbohydrates are our greens. Our alkalinizers should take up 75% of the plate. And so that typically will be twice, you know, I'll have two meals a day, water in between the meals, not with meals. And, um, and that's a typical, that's a typical day. I'll have a keto green smoothie maybe once Mm -hmm. a day. um, And that would be, you know, with just healthy, again, always healthy fats, good quality Mm -hmm. proteins, lots of greens, staying very low carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same, like, again, going back to menstruating women, you know, I've had other guests on here who say women really need those glucose molecules, especially when they're menstruating. What is your take on the younger population and ketosis? Well, definitely like certain, you know, my clients that experience, experience PMS, Mm -hmm. like premenstrual syndrome. So that week before your cycle, this is where I really recommend detoxing from like, again, starting around day three of your menstrual cycle, start a 21 day detox. Those symptoms will completely go away. And it is true in that last week that many of us want that dark chocolate, Mm -hmm. higher carbs, the sweet potato, potatoes during that time. And we can feel those cravings. And so then intuitively, say, okay, well, what's the healthiest choice I can make and satisfy my body? Because you do need higher carbs during that time. So often also, you know, higher amounts of high quality protein and iron. Listen to what your body's asking for. And, you know, it's nice to ask why. Like if I'm having a a craving for steak the week before my period, I'm like, man, maybe I need some iron. Maybe I should have you know, what's the, what's the most nutritious way I can do this? And then of course, add in your fermented foods. And that's a, I think that's something that's missed in many, um, in many programs is the importance of fermented foods to support, to support our body's detoxification or our body's digestion or our gut bacteria, but as well as increasing naturally vitamin C. Mm -hmm. And so these things taken into consideration, that should be balanced, especially premenstrually. Another thing too, premenstrually that really helps is foods that are less 
especially if you're experiencing PMS, are foods that are higher in tryptophan. Mm. So there's like sweet potato, turkey, things like that can be better during that time to help with any, to help produce more serotonin. So there's less anxiety, but often always like we we look a lot to food, but food's only 25% of it. What is possibly disrupting our hormones? So again, looking at our skincare, our hair care, our, you know, laundry care, you know, anything we have direct contact with, and especially now with all the detergents and chlorine and hand sanitizers. I mean, we know that that can potentially affect our gut. So just soap and water for our hands is much better than many of the um, hand sanitizers that are that are around because we know it affects, we can affect our microbiome and that will affect our body's hormone detoxification. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love your emphasis on like listening to your body and knowing your body. And I, I think we discredit how many signals our body is, is giving us and how accurate it can be and what it craving. And we just have to kind of, like you said, learn and give, provide what it needs and the right way. So to continue on with these questions, um, I love your rapid fire questions, by the way, Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, the next one is I have zero sex drive anymore. Why and how in the world do I fix this? Clearly that was from most likely a woman, but men still suffer with this. (laughs) Men can too, definitely. And, and then again, always, there are many reasons why that we can have a low sex drive. And again, it can depend on, you know, for example, birth control pills that can knock out our sex drive, anti, you know, anti-inflammatories, antihistamines, allergy medicine can decrease our sex drive and also make us drier and have, you know, have discomfort with intercourse. And especially as we get older in the perimenopause and menopause, if we have discomfort every time we do something, why would we want to? Your body is going to say, heck no, there's going to be no way I'm going there. Right. And so that will knock out our, you know, that certainly can knock out our libido too. And stress as we increase cortisol that robs our body of DHEA and estrogen and testosterone. So we can have menstrual irregularities, but again, when times of stress, it's not the time to get pregnant and reproduce. So there are naturally Mm -hmm. lower levels of our reproductive hormones and and testosterone and and dopamine are are certainly um, supportive of a healthy sex drive. So that we can take that into consideration too. Something I've used for myself and my patients is, you know, I I told you my doctor's bag was empty. So part of my journey around the world was looking to find solutions. So I created a a formula called Mighty Maca Plus, which includes Mm -hmm. maca, Mm -hmm. which is an adrenal adaptogen. It's been shown in both men and women to help with sex drive. And so that's, and it's also one of the most alkalinizing herbs or roots and um, and is very powerful that way. In Peru, they call it the Peruvian Viagra. <laughs> and that's because it's very rich. I had to look in the signs and say, why would, you know, how, right. why does it get this reputation? So I looked at the molecular breakdown of maca and, you know, this over a decade ago, and it's really rich in arginine and histidine. And arginine increases nitric oxide production, mm. which increases blood flow, which is exactly how Viagra works. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are some simple things that people can do that can really enhance that area of life. Does that, it does a low sex drive come with like a dry vagina or painful sex? Oh, I mean, obviously there's differences with those two, but I mean, 
obviously absolutely. there's linkages with all those. So what do, what do women, women do about that? Yeah, absolutely. And especially if we're having, you know, vaginal dryness, any, and that also goes changes that occur in our pelvic area as we age are significant and can be prevented. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've spent my career studying and working on and finding solutions for. And so vaginal dryness can be a function certainly of estrogen deficiency or insufficiency. And even if we're on hormone replacement, if it's not direct to the vagina, Mm -hmm the results just are not there. And actually, and this is something many women for vaginal dryness just get prescribed estrogen. Well, that is only, only helps the mucosa, the first layer, Mm. but DHEA and testosterone help all three layers. So what I noticed, and as I worked with bioidentical hormones for my patients using a topical formula, or intravaginal formula of androgens or proandrogens such as DHEA and or testosterone that we get the rugation, the muscles, the natural secretions, all of that is, you know, profoundly improved, profoundly improved. And Mm -hmm. now I've been doing it uh, for since 2016, I released my product Jolva, which has plant stem cells from the alpine rose and and DHEA and some other really beautiful ingredients that help in just applying it topically can improve the pelvic floor so much. We, you know, just really can't underestimate how important it is as for aging to continue healthy intimacy and a healthy pelvic floor, which it goes beyond intimacy because Mm -hmm bladder leaks, dryness, irritation, fissures, urinary tract infections, all of these problems result of, um, you know, consequences of a decline in hormones to this area. And so it, and, and just increasing pelvic floor muscle strength through pelvic floor exercises or Kegel exercises, Mm -hmm. we want to do these exercises on a regular basis till we die. Because Mm -hmm. just like we need to exercise every muscle in our, you know, our legs, our arms, you know, our biceps, triceps, all that good stuff, we have to exercise our pelvic floor. It's even more important. Mm, you asked yeah. me, but I am a gynecologist. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And speaking of the pelvic floor, this is my last question with these quick fire ones. Women suffer with leaky bat- bladder incontinence. And I think a lot of times it just kind of gets brushed under the table. Like we don't talk about it. You know, we just deal with it. Is leaky bladder incontinence, is there a hormonal implication to that? Or is yeah. it structural? I mean, a lot of people just think it's a structural problem, right? Or is there a hormonal There's issue going absolutely. on? Absolutely. Absolutely a hormonal issue. And then because we know by using DHEA or and or testosterone that we increase the muscle strength of the, the urethra as well and decrease the bladder symptoms. And that's really powerful. I mean, it is. It is something no one talks about or thinks they can't. They just have to live with it because we're Mm -hmm. getting older. Well, let me tell you, after having four babies and suffering like a decade ago with this problem, I don't have that problem anymore. Again, I, I... I've always been on the search for natural solutions that can get us, you know, as healthy as possible. So we don't have these consequences and it is life changing. Mm -hmm. I've had women who had had to run with panty liners and hated to run because of um, accidental leaks. And then it completely be improved with using Jolva and or other vaginal hormone therapies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there is help. So there is absolutely never. Yeah. How do we, how does someone get help for that? 
So definitely talk to your gynecologist. I mean, your okay. gynecologist would be the first step to say, okay, well, what's going on here? And, um, you know, I have a whole vaginal chapter in my first my book, The Hormone Fix. And I, that is recommended reading because we want to address, understand our pelvic floor, what's going on, what could be the causes. For example, if you're having... Um, bladder incontinence, bladder leaking. Are you drinking coffee, iced tea? We're in the South, mm-hmm. sweet tea, sugars, mm-hmm. you know, preservatives, other or, or foods that could irritate your bladder. That's going to all, that's going to affect you no matter what. So, and even if you have bladder surgery, right, that mm-hmm. those foods are still going to affect you. And so you want to um, limit, you know, you want to definitely stop foods that could be irritating your bladder. Mm-hmm. The second thing is another topic that came up and I'll share with your audience. I have a 57-year-old patient who called me. She'd been uh, single for 20 years raising her kids. And then she uh, met this man she just loves. And she called me. She goes, I'm on my third urinary tract infection. My doctor wants to put me on recurrent, you know, just daily antibiotics mm-hmm. so I don't get any more infection. I just don't feel good about that answer. She goes, Dr. Anna, what, what should I do? I said, well, first of all, you know, Yes, we call this honeymoonitis, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that you getting uh, infection too. When we get older, the um, urethra may drop a little bit; it may um, outpouch, and so bacteria can get in easier. So I recommended she use Jova, which is my product with DHEA and plant stem cells in it, and use that daily. Urinate after you have sex. Mm-hmm. Increase your vitamin C to two thousand to four thousand IU's a day, and take a daily probiotic. So there's been no other infections, no need for antibiotic. And in fact, they have a wedding date planned and just moved in together. So these, mm-hmm. I mean, it, otherwise you just think it would have been a consequence, a negative consequence that after intercourse, she has irritation and desire and infections, like, you know, intimacy will wane if you have negative feedback every time. Mm-hmm. So you can find that product over on your website. Mm-hmm. Yep. And on Amazon. Okay. I'll link those up in the show notes so everyone can find that. Yeah. So we have free trials. We'll give you a free trial link for your audience. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Okay. The last question is like, we have covered a ton of topics here. What do you feel like is like one key focus every woman, and maybe this is impossible, but every woman, no matter the age that they are, can really focus on when it comes to healing hormones. Like one thing that we could all be focused on in this path to healing our major hormone oxytocin. Mm, mm, I think yeah. that is the most empowering thing we can do. It is a longevity hormone. It's a hormone that at the end of our life, right? Mm-hmm. We say, how did we love? Did we love well, mm-hmm. right? And do we feel loved? Who's around us that loves us truly? So empowering oxytocin, we are in a pleasure deficit mm-hmm. right now. There is a lot of fear, and a lot of angst and a lot of confusion. And that will work against our hormones of connection. Mm -hmm. And that works against us emotionally and relationally. And we have to empower, without a doubt, the most, you know, the most important relationships in our lives. And we have to feel them too. Mm -hmm. So practicing compassion, you know, getting into a meditative state where you feel loved, you remember feeling loved and, you know, in your childhood at certain people in your life that you have loved, that you have felt loved Mm -hmm. from and feeling that is the most powerful thing we can do right now to heal our hormones. Mm -hmm. 
That's so good. And such great advice. I love, I love that focus because it's so relatable and realistic for all of us to achieve. So before we go, I just have a few quick fire questions about your life and then we'll talk about where we can learn more about you. So the first question is what's one tool you use to help boost your hormones every day? One tool I use to help boost my hormones every day is honestly, I do my, I do a mighty maca plus mm. elixir in elixir in the morning. So just a shot with water, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, get my digestive juices going and detox going straight out in the morning. So a green shot. Okay. Basically. That's awesome. <laughs> um, what's your favorite health book outside of the ones you've written, which are fantastic. Oh, thank you. Women's bodies, women's wisdom. Um, by Dr. Christiane Northrup. Mm, yeah, yeah. That is a great book and I'll link it up in the show notes. What's the first thing you do every morning for your health? Maybe it's the elixir that you said at the first one, but one thing you do every morning to keep yourself well. Before I get out of bed, Alexa, in the morning, before I get out of bed, I um, think, where did I feel loved yesterday? Mm. What am I so grateful for yesterday? Mm-hmm. And so that sets my focus for the day just with that, appreciation of the things in my life. And they're always the little things, right? They're always the little things. Right. Yeah. That bring me the greatest joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And what's the last piece of advice you've heard or that you just want to leave us with to encourage us on this journey? Always, always have hope, Mm. always have hope, like whatever you're faced with, diagnosed with, you know, seeing around you, that is troublesome. I mean, always have hope for today that even tomorrow will be better. Mm. And no matter, again, like clients that have had infertility that have had, you know, depression or anxiety, there are so much that we know now that we can do to empower our body. And it really is in our control. So my last bit of advice is to is to take the power over your body and your health back. Don't give it away to insurance companies, mm-hmm. medications, you know, I, you know, even prescribers. And, you know, we really want to be in charge of our body and take control of our health mm-hmm. in very positive and natural ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Anna. Where can we learn more about you? Get a hold of your books, all the stuff that you're working on right now. Well, at dranna.com. I would love for y'all to join me there at my website. So it's dranna.com, dranna.com. And I'm on Instagram at Dr. Anna Quebeca and on Facebook at Dr. Anna C. I have a great keto green community there. So I'd love for y'all to connect with me there. Perfect. Yes. And I will link all this up in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wealth of wisdom. I hope to have you on again in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you. Isn't Dr. Anna Kabeca a wealth of knowledge? I absolutely love this interview, and I was so grateful that she was willing to just talk about a hodgepodge of hormonal subjects, and I really hope that it gives you some encouragement. One, to know that you're not alone in hormonal struggles, but two, also to know that this is not a life sentence. This is not what you have to just conform to. There is a better answer, and these are not things that we should have to deal with or struggle through or just submit to. There is so much we can do, and I hope that you gather that from today's episode. To learn more about Dr. Anna Kabeca, make sure you head to the show notes at simpletswellness.com backslash 216 to get all the notes for today's show, but you can find more about Dr. Anna Kabeca at dranacabeca.com.
Or like I said, I have all that linked up in the show notes. And when you're over at the show notes, make sure you check out the Health Made Simple class. The deadline to register for class is Thursday, May 28th. So you're going to want to sign up for that. The first class starts June 1st. If you have any questions or any comments about Health Made Simple, make sure you shoot me an email at alexa at simpleitswellness.com. Okay, next week on the show, we're talking with Rebecca Lyons, best-selling author, all about creating rhythms of renewal. I love this stuff and I can't wait to share it with you. I'll see you back here next week.